Hey guys, you're listening to the English Made Simple Show. This is episode number 303, number 303, numero 303. Welcome back, amigos y amigas. Welcome back. This is your host, Milena, speaking. You're tuning in to the English Made Simple show. You can learn more about the EMS show and what it is all about when you visit EnglishMadeSimple.net. If you want to listen to the podcast straight from the website, simply type in EnglishMadeSimple.net slash podcast in your browser and you will be right there. <laughs> You will be on the podcast page. And while you're there, don't forget to check out all our past episodes and amazing resources to help you accelerate your English learning while you're there too. Thanks everybody for joining me today. It's been a while since I uh, last recorded an episode. Hope you didn't miss me too much. The good news is that I'm here now and we can continue with our episodes on improving your business vocabulary. What I'd like to start with today is um, I'd like to go over some common problems that non-English professionals go through in their daily lives. So as a non-native English speaker, you're probably listening to this show because you're a non-native English speaker. Maybe you're residing in Australia, New Zealand, the UK or the US And you may find yourself familiar with some of these issues that I'm going to cover in today's episode. And if you're a non-native English speaker living in your country where people don't speak English um, and you work with colleagues um, who are English speakers, so there are situations like that, then today's episode is also for you. This episode is not just for non-native English speakers residing in Australia, New Zealand, the UK or the US. It's also for non-English speaking professionals worldwide. It's for everybody. So if you're learning English, this episode is for you. This whole show is for you, right? Alrighty, enough of this long intro. Let's dive in, amigos y amigas. Let's dive into today's episode So today we are going to cover five common problems that non-English speaking professionals experience daily. Okay, so here are the top five common problems that you may be experiencing. Number one problem is the communication barrier. So professionals uh, who don't speak English may struggle with understanding native speakers or expressing their ideas effectively due to uh, language barriers. So what do we mean by this communication or language barrier? So it could be misunderstanding idiomatic expressions or slang, such as let's touch base. Maybe you haven't heard this one before or get the ball rolling. Let's get the ball rolling. So these are some um, idioms uh, that are very colloquial. They're slang. They're used often in workplaces, but most uh, non Uh, native speakers wouldn't actually get them. Another thing what we mean by a communication barrier that you might experience with native speakers could be difficulty following a conversation in a noisy or crowded environment where speakers may talk quickly or interrupt each other. Or you may struggle to express a complex idea or explain a technical concept in English. So that is is something that you may experience daily if you're working with 
native speakers. I have some technical uh, people listening to this show. I have some electrical engineers, software engineers, developers, and so on. I, I know what you guys are going through. I hear you. I understand uh, the difficulties you might be having. It's hard to communicate technical ideas in English. It's hard to communicate, um, express them in English. If that's if English is not your first language, it's hard to get your ideas across and be heard by others the way you're meant to be heard. I'll talk more about this in the upcoming episodes, so stay tuned, amigos y amigas. So what would be the next problem that you might experience as a non-native English speaker? Okay. You might have issues with your accent and pronunciation. So as a non-native speaker... Your accent and pronunciation can sometimes create misunderstandings or make it difficult for others to understand what you're saying. I don't know if many of you listening know that I don't have an Australian accent. I live in Australia, but I don't have an Australian accent. I've lived here 20 years. I forgot. <laughs> I think 20 years now. My accent is not as strong as it was when I first arrived in Australia and New Zealand. It softened out. It got weaker and became softer, although I still have an accent. My accent is not a problem anymore when I communicate with other English speakers. So this comes with practice. Uh, the more you practice speaking, the better you'll become and the more people will understand you, which makes sense. If you interact with other English speakers, your um, accent will mellow out. So what this may mean for you if you have difficulty with accent and pronunciation. You may find that you have difficulty pronouncing certain sounds or words such as the or R sound. R, letter R. Another thing you may have difficulty with is using incorrect intonation or rhythm of some words and expressions. And that may make you sound robotic or monotone if you don't use the right intonation But don't worry about this. Um, I hear that artificial intelligence can fix this in the near future. It can speak on behalf of you. Uh, in English, we say artificial intelligence. Uh, in Spanish, it is inteligencia artificial. Yes, it's funny. Um, when I disappear for a month or two, <laughs> a lot of things happen in such a short time. Artificial intelligence has taken over the world. No doubt you Already heard some stuff about AI or the artificial intelligence. So I'll do an episode on that, on artificial intelligence and how it can help you learn English. I'll do that in the future, maybe in the next episode. There are some exciting things happening in this space. All right, let's continue. What's another thing that um, you may struggle as a non-native English speaker? You might have limited vocabulary, which is fair enough. Um, Non-native speakers may have difficulty with complex words or industry-specific jargon, which can affect your ability to communicate effectively with colleagues or clients. But these things can be learned, so don't worry about this. Let me give you a couple of examples of what I mean by vocabulary limitations. So if you're at work, um, you might not know the meaning of common English words such as compromise or deadline, for example. What's a deadline? It's often used in the workplaces. You may struggle to understand industry-specific jargon, uh, such as acronyms like ROI, which is return on investment, or KPI, which means 
key performance indicators. So that's these things are being thrown in workplaces a lot. Uh, you may have difficulty using correct phrasing, uh, vocabulary for specific situations, such as making a request or giving a presentation. So there are certain phrases that you would use in these types of situations, like giving a presentation. But these things, uh, again, they come with practice. So can you imagine giving a presentation in English in front of a room full of people? Can you imagine speaking to someone in another language that's not your native and you have to give a presentation? What that would feel like? Can you imagine? I can only imagine if I had to do this in, let's say, Spanish. To be honest, I would struggle. I would need a lot of practice if I have to present something in Spanish, that's for sure. Alrighty, let's continue. Uh, so number four, what uh, non-native uh, speakers struggle with is uh, making grammar mistakes. Okay, well, that's that's a given. Grammatical errors can affect uh, the clarity or, or, of the um, of your message that you want to portray, and it may make you appear less credible or professional if you do make a lot of grammar mistakes. So misusing prepositions such as I am agree instead of I agree. So I agree is correct. So what's another thing you could be doing is using incorrect verb tenses, such as I have seen that movie yesterday, instead of saying I saw that movie yesterday, which is the past tense, correct past tense. And sometimes we forget to add articles, such as saying I need pen, <laughs> instead of saying I need a pen, okay? You need an article before the noun. So these examples that I just shared with you are really basic grammar examples. Most of you will probably get this already. Uh, this stuff you should already know. Most of my listeners uh, struggle with more complex grammar, such as conditional tense or the past continuous tense. And the last point I wanted to make on what non-native speakers struggle with the most is cultural differences. It's kind of a big issue, I would say. Maybe it should have been at the very top as the number one issue. Cultural differences. Professionals such as yourself, whose first language is not English, you may struggle with cultural differences in the workplace, including communication styles, expectations, or just social norms, how people behave normally. So what are some examples of this, okay? What are some examples of cultural differences that you may experience as a non-native speaker? Well, you could struggle with uh, different communication styles, such as being direct with someone versus indirect communication, um, not understanding cultural norms, such as a handshake versus uh, bowing <laughs> or... Uh, the appropriate uh, level of eye contact. Maybe you give too much eye contact. Maybe you should give less eye contact. I do remember once uh, in in the olden days when I used to work in an in an office. Um, one guy said, "Oh, sorry, I don't do handshakes." I was going to shake his hand when I introduced myself. Oh, sorry, I don't do handshakes. He was from a different culture. Okay, <laughs> so that was weird. All right, and what's the other thing that you may have problems with? Being unaware of social customs, okay, such as gift giving or small talk, if you have to do small talk at work. That may be expected in some situations. So you should know that, for example, gift giving, like giving a gift or a present to someone, is not welcomed in most workplaces. 
in Australia, I speak for Australia, maybe it's the same in the US and UK. This could depend on the company policy at your particular workplace. Um, I know that when I used to work in the office in those old times, <laughs> uh, when I worked in the office, um, accepting gifts from vendors, from your suppliers was a big no-no. So that was something that you have to know about. And also you just have to get used to doing small talk with people in the office. So making small chit-chat. We covered the topic of small talk in the past. I have a lot of episodes that I've done over the years and we did, I believe, about two or three episodes of small talk. So check out the following episodes if you'd like to refresh your memory on small talk in the office. Episode number 220, an easy way to make small talk. Then an episode number 204, how to engage in small talk with strangers or acquaintances. Uh, episode number 108, very old one, how to start a conversation in the office. Okay, so I'm going to share links to these episodes in the show notes. Uh, so you can just find this on the website easily. Um, and maybe you can listen to it and refresh your memory on small talk. So that's it for now, amigos y amigas. Uh, let's recap today's episode because I feel like it's been a bit of a long episode. Uh, not sure if everybody remembered what I explained in today's episode, but here we go. Let's summarize today's episode. Amigos, so if you're a non-native English speaker living in Australia, New Zealand, the UK or the US, or you're working with English-speaking colleagues anywhere in the world, then you may have faced some of these challenges that I've discussed in this episode. From communication barriers to cultural differences, so non-native English speakers may find it difficult to express ideas and be understood in the workplace. I hope you agree with that. So some of the common problems that you guys might face uh, may include uh, accent, pronunciation, vocabulary limitations, grammar mistakes, and cultural differences. But don't worry, uh, with practice and some perseverance, you can overcome these challenges. In fact, we'll be covering some of these issues in more details in my upcoming episodes, so stay tuned. So, amigos y amigas, keep listening and stay tuned for more tips and insights on how to improve your communication skills as a non-native English speaker in the workplace. In the upcoming episodes, we'll also talk about artificial intelligence. So, stay tuned. Thanks for listening to the EMS show. Don't forget to also visit EnglishMadeSimple.net slash podcast anytime to continue listening to the rest of the episodes. It's been a pleasure and I hope you've learned something new today. If something wasn't clear... Be sure to send me an email and let me know so I can help. You've been jamming with Milena from English Made Simple. Until next time, hasta la próxima. Mm -hmm.